Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And I'm Chris Noble. And we're on a journey to explore the brightest and most innovative minds and initiatives in social purpose. Today, companies and brands must stand for something meaningful. They have to have a social purpose and bring that purpose forward to their employees, their customers, and their community. Each episode, we're talking to leaders at Fortune 100 companies, global brands, social enterprise startups, NGOs, and everything in between. We'll be taking a deep dive to learn how they are integrating purpose into their organizations. To benefit both business and society for enduring impact. Join us. Carol Cohn, and this is Purpose 360. And today we have a marvelous guest, William Browning from the United Way Worldwide. And William is the Senior Vice President, Chief of Digital Transformation and Technology. So welcome to the podcast, William. Thank you very much, Carol. And um, I'm a big fan of your legacy and your history and the contributions you've made to make our communities better. So this is, this is a, an honor. And uh, you're being a uh, too uh, kind with my uh, the magnificent side, but I'm delighted to be here to, to help <laughs> help with this podcast. No, I, I think I just came back from the Arthur Page Society Spring Meeting, and um, the digital transformation of communications was a core topic. So you're this is very timely to have this conversation. Let me back up and just talk about United Way in terms of your breath a bit, and then then you can expand upon this. Um, we all know United Way, but United Way is going through a significant evolution. Um, certainly, United Way improves lives by mobilizing the caring power of communities around the world to advance the common good. And you do it in a, with a focus on education, income, and health. Um, the scope of United Way is vast. You have, uh, as I've read recently, 2.9 million volunteers, almost 10 million donors worldwide. You've raised over $5 billion with a B dollars. So this is no small organization. You're the world's largest privately funded not-for-profit. And um, you, uh, I think you've served over 60 million people that I saw on your website in 2017. So um, a vast organization. And what else could, might you add to the vastness so our listeners can truly understand that you um, have reach and scale and impact? Well, I think, Carol, what we're about is, is you know, we really have um, an, an local knowledge, expertise. Um, we're a little bit of a strange United Way. You know, we were founded um, when people of different religious groups came together in um, 130 years ago in Denver, Colorado. And the strength of United Way is, is the ability to bring people together to solve uh, and challenge, take on some of the more challenging issues locally. So what I would say, all the descriptions you have are absolutely right. What I would put a caveat on that about is we're about helping build the capacity of our agency partners, uh, you know, nonprofits that span the globe today that are in the front lines doing phenomenal work. Uh, trying to really be a strategic partner to uh, corporations and business. We believe that business has a uh, a huge contribution to make in philanthropy, especially probably more than ever. And how do we optimize that as a partner? And then uh, we really are looking at leveraging that intimate community knowledge to enable the 
you know, my, my firm belief is the number one thing we should be working on is, especially in America, is how do we, how do we get people to believe that they can actually champion and advocate for the issues in their community and do so in a way that really makes a difference for others? And I, I believe in the last few years, we've lost a little bit of that um, mm. sense of community. So we really, you know, more, less people are giving to philanthropic causes than uh, ever before. The dollar amounts are still high because you have major donors that have offset the, uh, right. the atrophy of others. But it's really about, um, you know, we are in the, we're in the humanitarian mobilization business. It is about wow. getting people to uh, causes they care about, uh, to force, um, you know, discussions that need to happen in the country in a, in a productive way. And then really, I believe once you actually empower someone to champion a cause and they step up, the power of the individual is quite impressive when they're actually inspired and uh, engaged and informed. You're the chief of digital transformation and technology. So um, when I'm assuming United Way came after you and you probably went, what? United Way? Digital transformation? Why did you join the organization? Well, I was, I mean, I had, I had, I'd run my own uh, consultancy in Denver, Colorado, and was approached in that local market. And the thing that appealed to me about United Way was this notion of if that we're you know we're not a we're not a we're not an agency that provides a direct service. We're really this you know magnificent organization that says how do you actually bring the power of the whole together? It's it's a, that uh, that issue of again um, you know the powerful community convention really appealed to me um, when I was in Denver. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with Mile High United Way uh, there, and, and what happened was. Um, it was pretty clear to me working in a local chapter of United Way. We're a federated model. Each local chapter has their own board of directors and their own power, which is a good thing and challenging thing sometimes. Uh, it became very evident to me that without really clear national strategies around uh, enterprise systems and person, people and teams, that even though we were doing great things locally, the the whole of the brand um, from a global perspective wasn't going to be successful. So uh, I did raise my hand and say, I think I could be helpful in driving the conversation at a national level. And I, I can go through that experience. But at the core of this, my personal mission is about helping people. Um, I believe United Way is is quite effective at that, actually. And, and it really was a compelling vision that attracted me to, to, to give up an entrepreneurial company to do this work. I'd like to know your definition of purpose. You know, there are a lot of words that talk about the work that we all do, from philanthropy to purpose, shared value, et cetera, et cetera. How do you define it uh, for United Way? For me, it's probably a little more spiritual. I think the first time I discovered purpose in my life was um, in 1998. I was a senior manager relentlessly pursuing uh, career goals and aspiration and climbing the ladder at Ernst & Young, which was a fantastic company to work for. And I did my first AIDS ride, which was a bike ride to help people that were um, uh, really struggling with uh, the AIDS epidemic at the time. Uh, and it changed my life. It was, it, it, was, it was a moment of clarity about doing something for somebody else and learning and expanding your boundaries. And for me, purpose, that's exactly what purpose is. And I went on to, to bring other people into the AIDS ride. And it, and it really, you know, what I, what I came to realize, Carol, was, you know, the AIDS ride was only four days of my life where I felt like I had purpose. Um, mm. So it really became a deep introspective factor. I'm like, well, how do I live a purposeful life that, you know, it's not just the four days, but every day I show up, I'm doing something that's helping others. So for me, purpose is really profoundly about serving someone else's needs besides yourself. Uh, and I can go into more of that, what it means for United Way. But for me personally, uh, my definition of purpose is that uh, sense that in my look back at my life and my legacy, have I done the things 
that were one of the, you know, to help other people uh, succeed, to have a better quality of life. What have I done as a human being to make the world a bit better than it was when I, when I started my, my life? And that may be a little bit arrogant, but the, that's my view of, you know, what is it, you know, I, I believe, you know, as my mentor said, I needed to be on the bike, you know, 365 days a year, not four. Um, oh, that's a great vision. That's a, that's a really great vision. So thank you for sharing that. United Way, most of us, you know, think about it. Okay, it's the United Way time and I need to, you know, donate in my workplace. And then I have no idea where the money's going. But gosh, my company has, has oh, they've claimed that they've donated millions, but it's off of, it's from me. Um, that doesn't work anymore. So can you talk a little bit about that there were probably many conversations at United Way and the, was there one aha moment or, you know, how did national decide it had to significantly evolve? That's the first. And the second part of the question is then how did you begin to cascade that into the decentralized United Way system? Yeah. So the first question was, you know, it's actually quite simple. It's, it was, we started asking the question uh, both locally and nationally about, um, you know, what do, what do our customers want? What are they seeking? What I mean by customer, you know, um, you know, what, what is needed in the community, what is needed from our business customer, what is needed from an individual donor. And your point is, is spot on. You know, when you look at the, the demographic shifting of the workplace where um, younger people are coming in and now are, you know, the demographics and the experience have to change. So business customers, they're looking for, uh, you know, efficiency, uh, accessibility. They're looking for, you think about purpose as defined by a company. It's well, tell me how it's affecting my bottom line. Tell me how it's improving my reputation. Tell me how mm-hmm. it's helping retain and recruit people and uh, partnerships uh, and build relationships. And that, you know, that's, that's, you know, we weren't asking a question of our business clients enough to say, you know, how can United Way really help the business of, you know, our businesses more strategically? And that was, that was the first one. The second one was really uh, all of our work as individual. And one of the things you just mentioned was, you know, really helping under people understand if I make a contribution United Way through my payroll deduction or through a traditional campaign, where does the money go to? What does it right. mean? And so we've done a lot of work on, and again, I think listening and knowing your customer is, is fundamental. And I think in the last few years, United Way has really, really worked hard. I think we still have work to do as any nonprofit does to, to assess, you know, what the customer needs. But I would argue that's the thing that we're really looking at and asking that question, how are we providing value? Um, you know, how do we get someone to care about their community? Um, how do we get um, people to come together and realize they can make a difference. How do we help companies, um, you know, shift this from, you know, philanthropy as a transaction to philanthropy as a strategy for business growth? And how much was that driven by Brian? I mean, I know from our work with the American Heart Association that Cass Wheeler, who was their fabulous CEO at the time, I mean, he had this, he looked into the future and he said, he created this thing called the Passion Project. And he said, if we don't become more than the doctor in the white coat, um, we're, we're just missing out on so many things because there's this cause marketing thing happening and we're not really working with companies and we're arm's length. So was there a, an epiphany for Brian? And then also, how did he convince his board? Well, I think, um, you know, one thing is that, you know, Brian, I think, did see it coming. And um, I think uh, um, Brian's a terrific leader to work for because he has that um, tenacity of, of seeing kind of where the road is going. And, and then um, he has the toughest job in this building, for sure, as far as directing, you know, trying to direct, um, uh, you know, confeder- loosely confederated, you know, federation would go with him. 
So I think the epiphany comes came from a couple of different things. One is that, you know, one is if your business model starts to uh, financially have implications, you know, less people uh, showing mm-hmm. up and engaging, that certainly spurs a conversation of necessity. But I think more than right. that, to his credit, it was really about, you know, I, we say, you know, we need to move United away from being part of a philanthropic strategy to being a philanthropic uh, partner, um, mm-hmm. you know, strategically positioned in the value chain. So I think the epiphany came from a lot of different areas. And I think the previous point I made was that really trying to take time out and say, uh, are we asking customers the questions we need to ask here? Um, you know, clearly we have competitors in the marketplace that are coming in and offering, you know, technology solutions that make make the lives easier of companies. Unfortunately, those solutions don't have the full holistic capability of the of United Way as far as local intimacy of knowledge and uh, understanding how to actually, you know, uh, solve some of these more complicated problems. but. I think it's uh, that th- those two combinations. And so um, I really believe you have to know your customer um, and ask, sometimes you have to ask, stop and ask really hard questions. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. uh, my view is that we were not, um, you know, relevance is a big one. You know, are we relevant in the issues people care about? Are we providing value in a way that is tangible? Uh, and three, are we, are we someone who is entrusted in terms of, uh, of, you know, when you make an investment out of way, you can be assured it's the right. best investment you're making. I was fascinated when you unveiled Live United. It was a cause branded campaign, something like a go red. Um, and all of a sudden, I, I remember I was driving in Kentucky and I saw billboards that talked about Live United. And it, and it also was it seemed to me to be, aha, something's really changing at United Way because you started having a focus. And it was a focus on core issues. It wasn't just money going anywhere in the community. Was Live United a precursor to where you're going today? Well, United Way has been around 130 years. And so I think that the, the key to our, our ability of longevity is is evolving. Um, so I look at Live United as, and it was, it was before I came on board, but I will say that it certainly was an evolution toward, you know, we're not an intermediary, despite the fact that we, you know, we, we have that, um, a business model of taking from an individual and, and transporting it to the community. There are much more um, serious pieces of value we actually we actually provide in the equation. So I think Live United was, you know, I, I think we're always constantly saying, um, how do we evolve the value for the community, you know, first and foremost, and then how do we actually um, translate that value to um, the donors? So I, I think it certainly was an, an evolutionary point. So, so now let's get into your role. Um, Chief of Digital Transformation and Technology. Um, you know, when we saw the announcement of Philanthropy Cloud and your partnership with Salesforce, it, it stopped me in my tracks as, you know, someone that is just a keen observer, observer and, um, you know, participant in purpose strategy and activation. So give us the backstory. I know that Brian talked to Mark Benioff. They met someplace. Was it, I think, even Davos? And um, how it came to be? Well, I think both uh, both gentlemen were, you know, have had a relationship. And, and I think what, what it came to, the magic really came to part where both, both organizations really realized their full power and value here. United Way's value is we know our communities, we know where the resources are, where they're needed and how they can best be deployed. Uh, and we're quite, we're quite effective at that at scale. Um, Salesforce is, you know, I love, love Salesforce as far as their energy and their, 
They have the one of the best technology platforms in the planet because they listen to their customer, they're agile, and they move fast. So I think Mark and Brian, I can't speak with them independently, but I, my observation was they, you know, they it was kind of peanut butter and chocolate, you know, put them together. You you really plug the best of community impact and you combine it with um, an exceptional, seamless, accessible technology solution. So for us, that that partnership seemed it advances um, back to my our primary concern here, which is mobilization of people to cause. It seemed like the best way to to do that, especially for our business and corporate partners. So c- can you talk about what philanthropy cloud is because it's accessible, it's seamless, it's mobile. And I don't think that many of our listeners have been exposed to it yet, but it's a, it's a very different way to engage with uh, an employee population. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I, when I think about Salesforce philanthropy cloud, um, uh, the best way to think about it is um, it really is a seamless, you know, platform or technology experience for, uh, an employee to find the the causes they care about and that the, that they can really engage uh, and communicate differently. You know, f- we have so many social media platforms and, and tools mm-hmm. available to us that frankly don't allow an individual to be authentic and engage in a really valuable way to society. So Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud is a refreshing platform that is all about one thing, about helping people understand the issues in a community and how they can actually champion and engage against those causes and issues. Whether it's, I show up to give money, I show up to volunteer, I plug in for advocacy, or I, I simply am just interested in learning about the perspective of a community. So you can think about it, I don't want to you know, uh, give Amazon too much credit, but like in Amazon, a philanthropy or Netflix of, of a philanthropy, mm-hmm. the system also intelligently learns who you are as, a, as an individual. And over time, we'll start serving you content curated for you based upon what you care about. Care about homelessness, it'll feed you localized information about agencies or partners or strategies that are happening against that topic. And this is a big thing for United Way because it's this is a marketplace approach where, you know, traditionally United Way campaigns have been, you know, somewhat closed. You, you know, you give to United Way and then, um, you know, we, we distribute the money to the agencies that are doing good work. It's not a bad model, but this marketplace is really getting to a consumer, an individual, and allowing them to have choice, it, it really allows them to, to have their own experience. What's cool about Philanthropy Cloud is it's also built for the business. Um, so while the individual has the flexibility and choice and the um, can, can browse and find content curated for their individual interest and their profile, it also allows the company to highlight the things they're concerned about. So you and the, the company can profile their campaigns, they can profile the United Way, they can profile American Heart Association if they do a walk, they can talk about, um, you know, social justice issues they may have a concern about. And so it allows the balance of both worlds, you know, a philanthropic platform for the company uh, and an individual marketplace for employees. So what's in it for the company? It's, you know, that allows them to really engage their employees um, in things like volunteering with, you know, minimal uh, administrative overhead, allows fidelity and trust that you're going to get money to where it needs to be through their United Way system. Um, It allows you to a company to have you not have to create uh, the content pieces for their employees, um, which tends to be you know challenging sometimes. Um, so it's really a turnkey philanthropic, almost like a, I'd say a your philanthropic foundation in a box for a company mm-hmm. that right. allows you know allows people to engage in the community as they wish and as they see fit. And then our value prop to that, just to be you know add into that, is we really can help the company uh, with our with our with our 
profound amount of experience, we can help a company really craft uh, strategies to improve brand, volunteer engagement, skill-based volunteering, uh, public policy advocacy positions. You know, we are in every every congressional district in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have incredible assets for a company to really use. And the technology just makes it turnkey and holistic and easier to easier for them to use and provide uh, to their employees. So, so things I like about Philanthropy Cloud is that you just talked about the power of and. And I've been talking about that for decades in that you want the individual, to, especially now, to use their agency about where they're going to donate. But the company also needs to communicate one of its or two of its focused areas because it just can't be a mosaic. The mosaic has to add up to a whole. So so that's really powerful. The second thing is the portability that um, this is this is like your Facebook page um, or your Instagram account. And that um, it's my understanding that employees, when they go to the next job, they still have their dashboard of all of their interests. Is that correct? Yeah, we're building portability into this. So eventually it becomes your, you know, your, um, your place for philanthropic engagement um, as you move out of a company. Um, we're designing how you move between companies, but the, that is the notion. And what it, what it, so you're allowing a, um, a real value to your employees because they, um, they can use the system. It, it allows them to also, um, you know, track their own personal giving and volunteer history so they can, you know, they, I don't know about you, but I just went through my, my April 15th uh, tax prep, you know, where right. I give my, <laughs> so, okay. but it was my great. I used, I used philanthropy cloud to actually, uh, actually pulled it up and gave me a report on what I had, um, what I'd given this year was actually extraordinarily helpful. Um, mm-hmm. but it's also, you know, from the company side, they can also, um, uh, provide the reporting on employee hours against the sustainable development goals. Uh, I would say Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud is about, you know, providing relevant value to both the individual and the the business consumer. How has the rollout been? Because I know that, yes, you've done this at the national level, but it, but, you know, the rubber meets the road or the dog hunts at the local level. Well, my role is probably, you know, the least relevant part of the story. I mean, my job is to figure out how to, um, you know, conduct the, orchestrate the, you know, the trains to make sure they all run on time. And, and uh, frankly, I've got a, uh, a team that does, as you know, most of the work for me. So I've got a, I've got a pretty easy job, Carol. The, um, okay. Uh, um, okay. Just, Anybody <laughs> listening to this, <laughs> utilize that when you uh, have your review. That's right. That's right. Um, in reality, I think, you know, it, I look at this as it's a journey. Um, you know, the, the two cultures of the companies, United Way and Salesforce are, as you would guess, vastly different. Wildly different. Yeah. Wildly. So one, one Salesforce has a, you know, an agile try and, you know, um, you know, po- you know, um, you know, um, if it doesn't work. You fail know, re- fast. Yeah, exactly. United Way does not like to fail. United Way does not like to do things that might fail. So there, so you have an inertia of, mm-hmm. well, let's, you know, and we have this inertia of our old business model that is, you know, slowly atrophying, um, but st- but still is our business model of the day. So my my experience has been, um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough job in terms of uh, the power of the national organization to dictate terms to affect, you know the local market is um, is is um, loose. So I don't have I don't have I don't have like you know command to say hey everybody should be on this platform and, and right. So it's more of a it's 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 a I think it's a delicate balance. We're really trying to build a partnership with our local markets um, to let them play to their strength. And really, you know, the question I keep asking and have asked this year is, you know, how do we provide value? If you ask me how this first year has gone, I think uh, there are a lot of a lot of positives that have come out of this uh, last year. I look at SBC 
Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud and this effort as um, a great metaphor. This is like remodeling, um, remodeling your kitchen. Okay. And so you may you may want to go into your house and you say, well, I need to, you know, I need to modernize, you know, the cabinets. And then when you remove the cabinets, you realize that, you know, it's it's a little bit of cascading. So when you think about United Way, um, Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud is is mo- is forcing us to modernize every single aspect of our business. Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud requires us to have a different relationship with our customer, to be asking different questions. Salesforce mm-hmm. Philanthropy Cloud requires us to have a different mode for delivering content. It means we have to manage data differently. It means we have to be a lot more perceptive on on partnerships and how we think about partnerships with the agencies that we we work so diligently with across the planet. So it's it's great because it's driving a lot of of modernization across the board from everything we do. I think this has been a um, it's obviously a challenging implementation, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really excited because I think you're we start to see the benefit of this actually happening where we're, we're getting to some major decisions in the network where I believe the, you know, the future of sustainability is possible if our network really comes together as one powerful network, which I think it will. And do you have, you must have a KPIs in terms of, you know, how many of your locals are you going to penetrate? How many corporate partners? And so can you share those with our listeners? I can't share the specific metrics with you, but the, the KPIs we are looking at are things exactly like you said, like how many, you know, how many local United Ways um, are part of what we call digital services, which is our, um, you know, our vanguard of, of, of our nonprofit agencies that are working with us to modernize how they engage the individual. And this includes Salesforce Philanthropy Cloud. So mm-hmm. we have metrics and KPIs clearly around um, you know, you know the, the the number coming in. We're building and have built metrics around you know what we call the you know digital readiness. They are mm-hmm. are the um, lo, you know what does a future of United Way look like and is it local ready and how do we convert them? Some of this is unknown. One of the big challenges you have is mm-hmm. there isn't a roadmap, Carol, unless you have one or somebody out there has one for me that says here's how you convert a 130 year old federated organization um, to uh, a new a new way of business. It's so a lot of the things we're doing um, in Salesforce loves this because they're more comfortable at it is, is agile in, in trying to adjust. Let's, let's take this approach and see if, if this works or, or doesn't. Um, and that's a cultural shift that you're at. You're, the, mindset, the mindset shift you have in United Way is one of moving toward trust, moving toward growth. Um, and then we have obviously, just to finish your question, significant numbers of KPIs on, on, on customer success and corporate engagement. Are the customers okay. happy? Are we seeing growth in uh, their business as well as ours? Are we, are we meeting their KPIs for delivering value in terms of retention and engagement and volunteering, things that they care about? And so, um, you know, what I would say to you, one of the fundamental shifts has been is that, you know, to be in a, to be United Way, it's about value to the customer. And so KPIs are being designed all around. Are we really, are we really creating that value and are we honest about it? Um, and, and, and I think that's the, that's a fundamental because once you get KPIs and you're honest about, hey, this is working or this, or more importantly, this isn't working, um, then it gets exciting because then you can really contour strategies and, and, yeah. and, and things that work for your company is different. It gets really fun. <laughs> KPIs for fun. We're going to have to do that as, as, as a sidebar book. Um, that's a great insight for any of our listeners. They don't have to be a not for profit. They can be, you know, a company that's turning 50, 70, 100, 125 years old. Um, what, so KPIs and embedding them um, into your transformation are key. 
What are one or two other ahas that you gained in terms of, and this, you're in the middle of the transformation. So it is a journey, but any other insights you can share to our listeners? Well, I think there's, there's, there's a whole list of things I think, um, and I'm happy to, to, to go through them in more detail, but I think, um, you know, the ahas I've had to start in this job and, and I've had history of pretty scary, large scale transformations, um, involving technology. Um, I think, you know, the first aha is always one that I'm constantly reminded of that this, you know, no matter how much I think I'm communicating or how much we are communicating uh-huh. to, um, either the customer or, um, uh, the local markets, it's never enough. Okay. Um, it's always a fundamental, it, it's, you know, it's a lesson we keep learning. And, um, the second thing is I think, um, the shift, the shift to growth from, you know, the protectionist view of I'm protecting my business model, my relationship and the ability to take a risk um, and how you really help people, um, you know, have a desire to take a risk and, 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 and go off the diving board, so to speak, has been another key takeaway. And I think, um, and I'm always open for help on, you know, getting people to, first of all, getting the right message to the right people is one thing, but getting them to actually take the step off the board and say, okay, you know, we're not going to do an annual campaign with this customer. We're going to go to an evergreen mm-hmm. um, plant and trust the platform. Um, that's a big aha. The last one I'd say on aha is um, uh, to be really, I mean, it's not even an aha. It's a, it's a takeaway for me. Like I tend to be um, really impatient, um, pretty hard on on um, on myself as far as, you know, how we're driving this. And I think this is a, these kind of transformations take time. Uh, they're, they're not, they're not, you're not going to see results um uh, you know, real time, you know, it's going to, it takes, it takes multiple iterations and persistence that I think, um, you know, so people out there that are doing digital transformations, I'm right there with you in terms of Mm. that. It's, it's, it's okay to, to, to take the time you need. And, and, uh, but at the same time, you're feeling enormous pressure to, uh, you know, to move the, move the markets. So it's, I guess I'm not sure I'm communicating this right way, but the resiliency, you know, we talk about sustainability, inclusiveness, and resiliency as, um, part of our fundamental strategy going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it applies to the actual change agents as well that, you know, we have, it requires a significant amount of uh, inclusion, you know, to others it include, and significant amount of resiliency in terms of not taking uh, the feedback. And when you stumble, not taking that personally, yeah. but bouncing right back. Uh, and then three, the f- third one is sustainability around, you know, are we driving value, 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 value? And is that converting to a sustainable financial business model? So, I could talk all day about the ahas or the the what I didn't think about when I started versus what I am now. And I'm mm-hmm. sure a year from now, I'll look back and say I was dumb a year ago. You know what I mean? Like you're always learning right. um, and right. be open to that learning experience. So are we going to hear about a new group called Digital Transformation Anonymous? <laughs> Which I'm sure some of our listeners are going to go, what's his email? I've got to talk to him. I am just drowning in transformation. Carolyn, maybe you should help facilitate. I really think, you know, we have a tremendous (laughs) amount of chance. What, you know, gives me hope in America, like right now there's some, it's a pretty dark time. Um, But what gives me hope is that I know people listening to this podcast and I know people in the United Way network who are absolutely killing themselves to make the world better. Um, and I think we're, we're also in the nonprofit sector, extremely hard on, on ourselves. So I think that kind of group and all joking aside is it, it I'm just trying to say that I, we're, you know, I don't think we're alone. And I think that, um, if we could actually support one another, I think 
um, the world would be a better place. But it's it's you know it can be pretty lonely sometimes when you're driving you know driving these kind of major oh, amount of change. Oh well, you know when I started doing companies and social issues in 1983, and it was like uh, I looked around and we had a table for four um, in New York to discuss it, and it was. Not until, yeah, you're funny, not until like, you know, two decades later that all of a sudden, oh, there are conferences and there are titles and there, are, it was really lonely. And those who have heard me speak know that my joke was I was six feet tall when I started and now I'm only five feet, but I'm not going to get any shorter. Let's just see if we, if we can get any of our listeners to say, hey, you got to create that, uh, that digital transformation anonymous. I did not want to leave this interview without talking about up purpose. And that's a social enterprise that you have created to compete with me um, and others in the field. So um, I want to know more so I know about how you're going to help, I'm kidding aside, um, how you're going to really help the transformation of the purpose of your um, customers. So tell us more about that. Well, I think there are, there are, there are two parts to that. So, um, um, so one, I hope it's not a competitor to, to you, but, uh, but if it is, um, Bring it on! No, I'm kidding. Um, so it so <laughs> okay. it, about um about a year ago, actually, when we started looking at um, the capabilities needed for us to be successful, um, there really are you know there really are three buckets to the strategy for United Way that are pretty fundamental. One is exceptional digital content, you know, coupled with exceptionally good uh, tra- you know services, and then anchored in platforms that allow us to to have um, you know in, in the enterprise growth. So if you think about those three bubbles, those three Venn diagrams. Um, you know, when you think about having, you know, shifting United Way to um, a model where um, you're engaging a user, whether it's through Salesforce, Philanthropy Cloud, or through other digital channels, or even email campaigns, the, the amount of content you need and the way and the, the high quality levels of content you need um, is critical. So one thing we discovered pretty quickly was that um, we did not have uh, the internal capacity and speed to to really generate the the digital uh, campaigns uh, that we needed to. Um, the second thing that was really fundamental was this: we also realized pretty quickly that we're we're a unique organization uh, to the degree that we have you know these federated you know, footprints around the world, um, and we needed technology that allowed us to you know take that content, um, so not just create content, but actually catalog and manage and index content in a way. Uh, that we could get those assets to market quickly. You know, it's a shame right now in United Way, um, great content that may be created out of Dallas or Los Angeles, um, you know, is not shared with a Denver market or a Twin Cities. We don't see each other's content. We don't know how each other's content performs against demographic. So what Up Purpose is designed to do is two things. One is to to help us um, br- bring great, uh, great content to market quickly, which they're doing, and, and we're thrilled with the results there. Um, and then, but also integrate a technology platform that allows us to mm. manage. And that second part is really key. The ability for us to see each other's impact work and strategy and content uh, will be game changing for United Way because it, you have markets, 1,133 in the United States alone, wow. all thinking, you know, basically acting on their own in terms of content curation, management and service delivery. So we believe that our purpose is, you know, we, we, uh, first of all, I'm an entrepreneur, believe in the power of social enterprise and entrepreneurship. And, and I'm, I'm not apologetic about the use of capitalism in terms of philanthropy to drive better results. 
So Up Purpose can help serve my needs. It means I'm not paying a creative ad agency 40% on market for our campaigns and content. It means that I'm getting consistent value and analytics real time on how I'm delivering content and publishing it. And third, it allows me also to go to every agency in the planet and say, you know, we would love to help you uh, get your digital content to market. Nonprofit agencies are not our competitors. We are we are the great enabler. You know, we raise, as you said, nearly $5 billion and nearly $5 billion goes out to the best performing agencies around the planet. Um, and we're going to continue to be about that. We, we believe in United Way, strong communities, resilient, inclusive, sustainable communities. At the foundation of that are fantastic NGOs that are strong, healthy, and vibrant. We want to be part of that equation. So a purpose as a charter also to, to be in that place, as well as, as you know, Carol, um, corporations are always looking for great, uh, great digital content that they have a hard time producing themselves. So if I've got a customer that really wants to profile their volunteers at work and highlight how they're making a difference or or build collateral around um, digital content campaigns around things they care about, but they don't have either the expertise or the capability or capacity. Up purpose is perfect for us. We can we can actually come in and actually, you know, help them get their market better. So we think it's a risk and with any social enterprise, um, but you know it's an exciting opportunity to to put the market market forces to work for us to, um, you know, yeah. to help us solve the problem and I think reduce our operational costs. So so what's the marketplace response to it? What are the individual United Way's response? And also, do you have any corporates as customers as well? Well, it's early on the, uh, or it's early on the, you know, we just, we just came out with 60 days as far as a launch. So um, internally, yeah. as far as our locals, um, they're actually very enthusiastic about it. And they're, uh, it's funny because the locals, you know, they, they have, they each have their own kind of, local market providers of digital content. Some of it's good, some of it's not. Uh, they're very enthusiastic about um, the ability to have a shared content management system. That That is a value proposition that I think is extremely high on the yeah. list. Um, even selfishly, just to be able to see uh, how content performs across social and uh, different studios, uh, different channels, sorry. Um, and then the market, we, we haven't engaged heavily on the, the corporate side, which I can talk about in a minute where we're going there. Um, but we do have other nonprofits that have that have that have uh, reached out to the uh, the organization and have started those conversations. So I think you know market will determine. I think um, I think it's a wait and see, but I, I, we do feel we feel pretty good about it. Um, what I will say, Carol, if I, if I can, um, we you know when we go to our corporate partners, we are packaging our own brand. Uh, you know, you talked about the Live United brand as an evolution toward value. Um, We'll be announcing next month um, our shared purpose brand for our corporate partners, uh, and shared purpose will be you know how we how we package everything, including SPC, holistically for our companies so that they can they can take advantage of the full offering of what United Way really should be and can be offering for our clients, and that would include services that Up Purpose would be providing for us as far as let's say reputational or brand lift. Uh, campaigns. Okay. Well, we look look forward to taking a look at it. I would be remiss if I did not ask you about your great insights for partnerships. I mean, you are all about partnerships, thousands and thousands of partnerships. So I'd love a few insights for those listening, whether they're corporates or not-for-profits. How can they do the dance better? Yeah, I think that's, I I think that's, that's a great, fantastic question. from our side, I think we're always challenging, you know, what does it mean to build a great partnership and how do you, you know, and especially now when you have a, um, uh, 
frankly, such high demand for people really to come together. Um, you know, my view is to be, is to really be creative. Um, uh, we're lucky we have a resource, we have a person here on our team who, um, I'll give you a great example of a partnership in action, right? Where all three parties win. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Lyft rideshare program was brilliant. Uh, my colleague, uh, Larissa on, riding on our team helped design, uh, the rideshare program with Lyft leadership. And what it was is we have our two on one system in local markets that two on one allows you, if you're someone in trouble, dial two on one and you, you get to an operator who can give you, give you resources and referral services for help. Well, one of the biggest gaps in the, in that service line that we can't fulfill very well in United Way is, is, um, transportation. You know, people call and they say, I can't get to my job interview. I can't get there. What do I do? And so um, we built the rideshare program where Lyft funded, you know, a couple um, 10,000 rides through the two-on-one. So the operator for, let's say for veterans in particular, a veteran would call and say they can't get to the VA. Mm. The, the operator would connect to Lyft and we would be able to get, Lyft would get that ride at no cost to the veteran. And so it works in the, it works in the magic triangle, right? It works on the company. They love it because it's great. They can use the capacity they already have, which is, you know, the driver and the car, uh, with the, what they serve as far as platform. Works for the veteran who now has a way to get to the VA appointment. And it works for the community because it, it helps the community be more resilient, helpful. And, it, and then last, it helps in the middle, helps United Way because it, it helps tell a story of our value, which is that's partnership. And so the question, I think, in the 21st century is, at least for business partners, how do I, do I understand the business value that's available to me? Do I understand mm-hmm. the community need that could be applicably applied to that? And how do I bring, you know, bring them together in a way that both parties really win? Uh, and that's what United Way has been doing well, I think, for a long time. But I think we're taking it to the next level with digital because Lyft is not possible without a digital, in the digital age. Right. You know, Lyft is a digital right. native company. Right. So I, I would yeah. encourage, um, you know, and, and I think the other thing I'll say, just to be completely clear, is that we're always looking um, for ways to, you know, change the game in terms of you know, partnership. So I, to your listeners out there, the, our door is open to say uh, if how people are envisioning, you know, um, I would say unusual partnerships or thinking about things differently. I think it, today and particularly in this day and age, it's a time to be creative and, you know, show the shot, you know, discard any shackles you have about perceptions of partnership and how they may actually work. Um, As you may know, we wrote a book um, in 2010 um, about partnerships because we really wanted not-for-profits to become even more powerful and engaging with their corporates. And um, we always find that when we meet with corporates and not-for-profits and they've got the book and they've earmarked chapter seven which is the chapter on partnerships. And so you, you gave some tremendous insight here. So I, I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, we're going to have to soon wrap this up, but we have some questions that we love to end with. And um, the first is, who do you admire beyond the United Way for their superior purpose work? And it could be a not-for-profit. It could be a for-profit. I, I think it's a, it's a blend of people. So I love, uh, you know, um, uh, Chef Jose uh, Andrews out of uh, Puerto Rico and this food, his food work and how he's, he's leveraging sustainability in Puerto Rico and really building resiliency uh, in that community. I think he's one of my heroes. I love that guy. Um, Greta Thunberg out of Sweden, who's the climate change oh, advocate, um, you know, stepping up and basically calling out my generation and, and uh, older yeah. generations for uh, not moving on climate change. I love the Parkland students and their resolve yeah. after, um, 
after the incident. And I think I, I really admire, and I'm lucky to work with some of the best companies on the planet, you know, um, that leaders, you know, what, I, what gives me, again, encourages and gives me hope is that I have a, an opportunity to work with people who, who really get it and are doing their best to actually make things better for all of us. So I think um, I'm lucky. I got plenty of people who uh, I admire, inspire to um, be helpful for. Okay, that, well, th- those are very, very inspiring and great. Um, how about resources that keep that you have to you have to read daily, um, or other podcasts, or um, you know, websites like just to, to keep you on top of because this purpose field is just burgeoning. Yeah, I'm drowning a bit in it. I don't, and I have I'm kind of a as you can tell a bit of a um a bit of a mess, a little bit ADHD. My it drives my team crazy, so I'm always fishing and hunting. Um, I just read, uh, Gene Case's book, be fearless. Love it. I think, uh, highly recommend it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good manageable, um, uh, book to read and, and like, uh, delightful. Um, I have a, a resource dedicated on my team that feeds me, uh, the top five to seven CSR articles across the, um, the network nice. every, 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 every Wednesday. So I read that like, uh, it's like, a um, you know, um, addiction for me. Notes. Cliff's notes of purpose. Uh, and then I and I really try to I try to make sure on my flight home I'm reading a book on on something relevant to the work we're doing. And I and I you know I feel like frankly I feel like half the time um finding the freedom to learn is is a challenge in this job because you're you know you're running at at a pace that um that you don't necessarily have the chance to do it. But I try to figure out how to to to, to find insight in the small drops. I don't really have necessarily a go-to backstop um mm-hmm. um frankly. Well, there's a lot. And and what we'll do, we'll, we'll ask you to have your colleague send us their list because um, we will um, post it in our show notes um, so we can share them with, with others um, in the field. She'd be happy to. We're, we're all about uh, open source and empowering people to, um, you know, whatever information we can provide is, is, is yours for the taking. So, so you've been amazing, and throughout the conversation, I've asked you for insights. So I'd love to end with, do you have one or two additional insights for a for-profit, a not-for-profit, for organizations looking, uh, you know, staring dead in the eye about digital transformation? Um, what would you like to leave our listeners with, with a couple additional nuggets? Yeah, you know, I... I... I don't know where people are in this the podcast. I mean, my view, you know, like I'm a 50 year old male with a, a six year old daughter, and where I'm at in my life, uh, frankly, is how do I, how do we, how do we do something to make the world a bit better? So the nuggets I would leave you on are more, more personally based. That I hope that um, you know the, the the perseverance and resiliency required uh, now is it's it's worth fighting for. Uh, you know, more than ever. We need people to show up, stand up, uh, be heard. Um, you know, we, our democracy is at risk. And I think it's, it's, it's really, I think what I would leave people with is that you really can make a difference. It's, it's really fascinating to me that um, I think we underplay that a bit. And so the gem I would say is that um, it sounds kind of hokey, but, uh, you know, the, the don't underestimate the, your, indivi- your power to really. Individual power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I'll say is that I think, um, again, back to my earlier point, like, um, you know, failure is an option here in terms of like, you've got to learn to fail and fail fast. Um, Gene Case talks about, you know, crash and learn, which I love, which is that um, the ability to, you know, set aside your ego, set aside your, you know, your perspective and try to put this in the vein of, um, you know, as a servant leader, um, I can tell you 
Carol, the last year I've, I've, I've certainly made, um, plenty of mistakes. Um, and that's okay. And I, and I, and it's hard sometimes to make mistakes, but it, it's become more comfortable for me that cause it's in the vein of really trying to learn how to, to do the work. And I feel like the best learnings I've had of, you know, I've embraced that, you know, what did I learn when I made a mistake and then how do I grow from it? And that's real resiliency. And I would wish that on, on anybody who's really trying to drive an organization to the promised land that mm. you're going to, we're going to get there. To, and that's what I say is that we'll get there together. So uh, we can only get there together, not as the NGOs working in fractured individual silos. So let's form coalitions that work for the better interest of all of us and not just for each of us. So thank you. That, that's just wonderful um, parting knowledge. Um, I want to thank William Browning from United Way Worldwide um, for this incredible, insightful, and candid conversation. Um, show up, stand up, be heard, use your individual agency, but also work in coalitions and collaborations because there's a great need out there in so many areas. So I'm Carol Cohn. This is Purpose 360. And thank you for listening. And I always end with the question, what's your purpose?